Hello, everyone. You are listening to episode 116 of the Business of Making podcast. This week, we are talking about selling in different languages. We hope you enjoy it. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business of Making podcast. I'm Michaela, and I'm here with my fancy uh, new microphone, so I sound amazing. And I'm here with my amazing co-hosts, Deb. Who maybe finally figured out her settings for the microphone she's using. great audio. And Jess. I've always been awesome. Anyway. (laughs) That's true. It's true. (laughs) Old podcaster here. Long, long term experienced expert. So, this episode we are talking about selling in different languages, which is maybe a bit of a weird <laughs> like title, but we'll get into it. You'll know what we mean once we get started. Um, but before we do dive in, I would like to read a review from a lovely reviewer, Cheryl. From Woolen Hook Hands Bun. Thank you so much, Cheryl. This review says, No gimmick business help. I found this podcast because of an article in Handmade Seller magazine, and boy, am I happy I did. After 11 years as a brick and mortar yarn shop owner, I am stepping out to do what I really love spinning yarn and educating yarn lovers about the value of handmade yarn. It is niche market within a niche market, and after only two episodes, I know these three women have so much to share that I can use to build this new business. If straight talking, no nonsense, yet funny business guidance is what you are looking for, this is the podcast for you. Cheryl, that's so nice. I really like that review. If you would like to leave a review for us to tell us how amazing and non-gimmicky and great we are, we would love that. (laughs) You can do it anywhere. Apple Podcasts, on our Facebook page. Send us an email. Send us an email. Instagram. Wherever you would like to talk us up that would be great we would appreciate it it would be fantastic so thank you very much Cheryl for listening yeah let's dive in okay this episode is going to be mostly Deb and Jess talking because well maybe even Jess I don't know anyway I'm a little more Deb actually more Deb well I don't know I think I brought it up because it's something that for some reason I've been seeing a lot recently both in uh, my community and in free groups and it's because you know the world is big but accessible now. You can mm-hmm. sell everywhere. And there are many more sellers now who are not from a country that where first language is English who want to sell in those countries like the US, the UK, Australia, but they may be in Germany themselves or they're, you know, somewhere else in Spain, Portugal. And so the question is, how do I do it? Because do I do everything twice in two languages? Do I have my website translated, my shop translated, two email lists? Is my social media going to be in two languages? And if not, how do I pick like what to do? Mm -hmm. And there's no real, I guess, answer. It's very personal and like every shop is going to have a different approach. But I guess it was an interesting conversation because I think there are more people than we think that are going through this. And it's a bit of a head spin when you try diving in and going, okay, how am I going to organize my strategy with this and what do I do? Because it's a bit weird to be, for example, in France and go, okay, Obviously, the market is so much bigger if I open up to English, 
But also if I do everything in English, I'm certainly not selling in my own country because it's, you know, French. (laughs) (laughs) So there's also that kind of like weird decision to be made. Do I stay local and cut myself for the rest of the time? You're like diversifying your market segments. Yeah. And like, like, yeah, you're blurring the lines a bit. And I've had students who've been like, well, like my tags and my Etsy shop, do I yeah. write them in English? Do I write them in, yeah. in French? What what do I do? Like, what's the, what's the better idea? Do I need to do two lots? Like, how do I do yeah. that? And I think as someone who is an English first language speaker, we've been on the other side of this for a long time, especially in Australia from the Asian market, because we have a lot of people from China and other Asian countries who sell to us here in Australia. So you see a lot of English second language people selling on like eBay and places like that, and even on Etsy as well. So I think we're kind of used to being on this side of, of that equation. Also, as an English first language speaker in an English majority language country, you may be selling to people who speak other languages, and how do you cope with that as well? So that's mm-hmm. those are all the things we sort of wanted to talk about. So let's start with what you said, Deb, which is, you know, people who mm. – live in countries where English is not their first language. They want to sell within their own country, but they also want to open themselves up to the English language market. Mm. What are some of the ways that people can do that? I mean, what comes to mind for me is sell on Etsy, list everything in your language, and Etsy will translate everything for you. (laughs) Yeah. Winner. I guess (laughs) this actually started from a shop review I was doing for a member who I think it was Germany, maybe Switzerland speaking German. Definitely the language was German. (laughs) I'm not getting the location right. Let's say Germany. And so the listings and everything, titles, all of that was in English, but then she had a picture, like a graphic inside of one of the picture for the listing. That was one of those, you know, call to action to sign up for the email is for a coupon. And that was in German. And then if you signed up the landing page and the email list, essentially after that, everything was in German. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of opened the gate to like, okay, well, if they are looking for stuff in German, but you're half marketing in English on in other places as well. Like you have a bit of a mix going on and it's kind yeah. of confusing. Because if I'm in German and I land somewhere and it's in English, I'm like not, it's just the experience is not kind of smooth and it doesn't, you know. So we had to kind of like think about how she could streamline and it was kind of like a long and what do we do conversation because then it went into and what about Pinterest? Am I going to do pins in German and then pins in English as well and mm. have those two things on my account? And how do I decide essentially what I, what I do? And I think this is the case for everyone. I mean, I see it mostly from people inside of Europe, but I'm guessing also some people actually also from Asian countries having this issue as well. So I don't know. How do we start thinking about this? You know, I think what I was telling her is essentially doing Etsy in English so that she can open mm. up having that avenue as like the, the world. <laughs> You know, like the door to like selling in English, but not trying to link that back to a newsletter that's in German because that just wasn't going to be, no one that speaks English and doesn't speak German was going to sign up for that newsletter in the first place anyway. And if anything, it would maybe tank conversion rate because it's super confusing to be on a listing that's perfectly in English and then suddenly you're half speaking German to me midway Mm -hmm. through. And I'm kind of like, okay, how's that going to go if I want to speak to the seller for my order? Is she going to not speak English to me? So there was kind of like that trust factor that was kind of like not as great because of that. So we were like, okay, let's do Etsy all in English. That's your English platform. And then you go hard on the German <laughs> on the German front with your website and your marketing on the side of that. So essentially all marketing goes to your website and it's all in German. And then Etsy is based on Etsy SEO for the marketing mm-hmm. on your Etsy stop. And you do everything in English there. So it's kind of like the split that we ended up having. 
And I can't remember what we decided for Pinterest. <laughs> I'd kind of, I'd probably do both, like have pins that link to your Etsy shop in English, yeah. pins that link to your own website in German. And I think this depends as well. I go back to the stats of Pinterest. Germany, Pinterest is actually really good. I think it's the first in Europe. Before, I think maybe even the UK, like they have a lot of users. I don't know mm. why. Maybe they've just marketed it better there. And don't quote me exactly on that. Definitely check the stats. But I think last time I checked, Germany was pretty good. So it's worth it. But it might not be worth it if like there's barely any user in, say, Italy for Pinterest. Then, you know, then no. <laughs> yeah. So you'd look at the stats in your own country and decide whether it was yeah. worth putting the effort in. Are you considering transitioning to full-time with your handmade business? If so, you'll be happy to know that I'm interrupting a conversation to talk to you about a guide that's going to help you do exactly that. We know it can be scary to jump into your handmade shop being your sole source of income. And so we made it a little bit easier for you by listing out everything we think that you should consider both on the personal and business financial levels so that you feel confident you can transition to full-time safely and that you're not forgetting anything. You can get the guide at thebusinessofmaking.com slash getfreebies and that's all in one word, getfreebies. And you'll also find the link in our website at thebusinessofmaking.com. Back to the show. So I have a student who is, I believe, from Belgium and she just wants to sell in Belgium. And so the problem with Belgium is there's three different languages. Oh, yes. <laughs> Within the one country. And she's also like, well, how do I... Like on Pinterest, how do I keep things only showing up in Belgium? I'm like, well, you kind of can't. The only real way to do that is to put things in the right language. But then there's three languages from, you know, different countries that surround Belgium. You know, same sort of thing. Like with her, what's she going to do with her marketing? Like how, how does, I mean, I'm assuming most people in Belgium probably speak, if not say, all of those speak languages. Three of them or at least two of them, I would think. But most Europeans like, speak say, multiple languages. You also have that with different yeah. languages. And I don't know, might be completely wrong here. Let us know in the Facebook group if I'm just saying random shit on the podcast. But um, I feel like you might know German and not French, depending where you are in Switzerland. Yeah. And it's, but it's the same country. So, yeah, it is kind of nightmarish in that case. Mm. I guess you can translate your website. I'm going air quote fairly easily. <laughs> definitely a lot of work. I was going to say, depending on what platform you're using, there would surely be a way to have an auto mm like automatically converts it to English for yeah. me because it knows mm -hmm. I'm in Australia. So yes. there's definitely ways to do it, but it just might be yeah. a bit of a Yeah, and you can do it easily for your website, but what about your your Instagram? What about your yeah. That's the thing. That's your, the next, your, that's the problem email the marketing. Yeah. I mean yeah. my I initial the, reaction would be if especially if it's a country that speaks three languages, it's so like messy design wise, but I would not necessarily on the graphic, but in the description just post like each of the three languages with a little divider. Yeah. So it has all three there. That's what I was thinking with your email list too. Like you can mm. post the same content just with both languages written. Mm. So again, it's a bit messy, but at least you kind of you have it yeah. there for mm. lots of people. Yeah. I think it just becomes as well like is it worth it? Because it is yeah. twice. Like imagine you're writing one newsletter, suddenly you're writing two. Mm. Often people who do that are bilingual. Like it's not your yes. Google translating it. But it's still so much work because it's not, and I know that from having done a little bit of freelance <laughs> translation work back in the days from English to French, and it's a nightmare. Like I have so much respect for people who do that as a full-time job because you don't form sentences in the same way. You don't, mm. stuff that you say in two words in English is like two sentences in French or vice versa. <laughs> 
And I had to translate marketing materials too. So there was those like catchy headlines that were kind of like a play on words in English. And I was like, I cannot translate that into French. It just won't fly. Mm. And I remember going, yeah, I, I did two jobs. And then I was like, this is not something I'm going to do. I just, I'm not enjoying that. <laughs> I mean, it's like taking different target markets to the next level, right? Like we say, you mm-hmm. got to find your niche market and then figure out your customer persona of who you're talking to. And that's why you should sort of, when you're starting out, try and sell to one person so you're not having to advertise and market to two different people. And this is just taking that to the next level. Like, mm. who are you really wanting to market to? Is it really necessary to market to German people and English-speaking people? And, like, then it's two completely different segments. So then, as you're saying, like, when you're writing all your marketing, you have all those intricacies of how language works and, like, is it worth it? And do you need to do that? For, like, jokes and things as well. Because mm. it's like a it's like a, a whole extra job, right? It's yeah. like to yeah. another business, really. Yeah, and then you come up with the difficulty that I imagine in quite a lot of European countries and maybe a lot of Asian countries as well, a lot of people speak English as well. Mm. Like it, it's kind of, from what I understand, Deb, that is kind of the, the language you do at school is like your second yeah. language. Is yeah tends to be English. Yeah. So you've kind of got that then there as well. You're like, well, most people mm. in my country could kind of understand English, so maybe – but then that's – And it's it generational wrong. too because, well. you know, like, my parents, for example, like, mm. there's absolutely no way they would buy anything from a shop that's in English because they would just look at it and go, that's not in French, and then leave. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's the cultural element of two. Like, yeah. I mean, you French are very well known for being quite yeah. snobby about yeah. using your language. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> Yeah, but also their, totally their generation didn't learn necessarily English yes. as well as we did in school. Like I think my parents had German as a first language because, you know, it was right. closer to wartime and all that. Anyway, yes. <laughs> fun time history in Europe. Yeah, I, I definitely had fun in, in France, France with uh, that issue. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you don't speak French? Why are you? Wrong? I learned a bit of French before I went too to make, you know, because I'm like, crap, I'm going to France. I better learn some French and nobody will talk to me. Yeah, I think it's much better now with uh, the younger generation, but definitely mm. my generation and above still pretty bad. But anyway, all this to say, this is a complex issue because of mm. like keeping things separate because there's also, you know, the double email list or double caption, you know, for example, where you translate mm-hmm. it in a thing. There's the fact that it's double work. And then there's also in terms of like the connection with your customers, mm. it sort of get a little bit in the way. Like, which one do you put first? Yeah. <laughs> if I speak English, I'm used to seeing everything in English. This is something mm-hmm. that people who speak English as a first language just like. We're completely spoiled. Yeah. Like. So spoiled. And so if you see German first, you're not even going to scroll to see if there's English below. So you mm. do. The Especially opposite. when you have to, you know, click the yeah. thing. But yeah. then yeah. same for the German people who think this is a newsletter in English and it's kind of like, so it, it is honestly like it's a pain. And I think like mm. it comes down to is it worth it to do the two things? If you have a really small local kind of market size, then maybe it is worth it to expand. The opposite is true too, though. Maybe you want to stay just Germany is a big market. You could just stay German and you also have less competition that if you're, you know, Plus, not mentioning in the next episode, we're going to be talking about tax and things. And you're also saving yeah, yourself from that. Have fun with that. Jess is already rolling her eyes. Oh, God. It was so good. International tax and all this stuff. So, yeah. yeah, you can save yourself a little bit of work on that mm-hmm. front as well if you stay yeah. local. It might just come back to, like, figuring out, like, this is a problem that is presented to people who want to sell in two different languages but really maybe it's a something that you need to troubleshoot and really figure out like why is that even a necessity like why do you mm. want to do that 
Yeah. And is it actually something that you need or have to do? Because mm. maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. So, yeah, the next thing we were going yeah, to talk about. I was going to move on, but Deb might move. have something else to say. No, I was just going to quickly, I forgot something I wanted to say before, but, yeah, Mickey was saying for the website you can translate, and I think, mm. yeah, there's two options, just giving them so people can look into it. Basically, there'll be apps on Shopify or plugins on WordPress, but you can have those automatic translation. One that you were saying, Mick, obviously, they're, mm-hmm. going, they're not going to be perfect. It's going to sound a little bit like Google Translate, but I think they detect where the person is connecting yeah. from, and they say, oh, we can tell you're from Australia. Do you want mm-hmm. this in English? And then it auto-Google Translate. It's not perfect. It's like, I reckon no. it's the first kind of step. It won't look super professional. But, you know, if it's a product that I really, really want, I don't yeah. care. Exactly. <laughs> like, as long as I can understand what I'm buying and when it's going to get there and how much yeah. it is. Yeah, exactly. And why. it's quick to set up too. So that's mm-hmm. like your first step. The second is those plugins that actually translate everything and like, again, uh, see where someone is coming from or you have those little flags, you know, kind of like in the menu and you can pick your mm-hmm. language. Uh, but then you do the translation of all of your listings and all of your page yourself and it kind of swap over, mm-hmm. which is a lot more work, but the translation would be a lot better because then you can, you know, make jokes in the, in the language without Google Bilingual Translator and it'd be funny so for you. Amazing. Honestly, I just don't, like I didn't, when you were just saying at the beginning there that, you know, you just can't, you don't, don't just translate it like, yeah, it's written differently. You know, it's yeah. different words. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a difficulty. But, yeah, so you yeah. can do that. And then I guess the last thing I wanted to leave people with is what you really have to ask yourself is what will you do with your marketing because you can't have your website in English and your marketing in German and your mm. newsletter in German. So if your yeah. website is translatable, like, do you have two newsletters? And then it becomes, is it worth it? Because it's a lot more time. Mm-hmm. And I think the best thing, honestly, for people who want to do that is to keep one platform as English only and mm-hmm. go full force with your website in your local language. That's what I tend to recommend the most often. Might not work for everybody, but that's what we had decided for that member. And I think eventually that works best. Yeah, it keeps things a little bit neater and tidier. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's not an easy, there's no easy solution. Until no. we all have Babel Fissionaries um, and in our devices. Yeah. Yeah. Hey there, Maker. Are you loving the podcast as much as we love bringing it to you? If so, we'd love to talk to you about becoming one of our supporters. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to Platinum patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com slash support. So when it comes to the other option, obviously, and this is the thing like what you said, Michaela, as long as I can understand what I'm getting, because I mean, there's so many, Mm. I come across so many things on like eBay and stuff that are obviously written by people in China. And, you know, there's plenty of grammar mistakes and, and misspellings and stuff, but I'm like, well. It's okay. I know what I'm. I still know what I'm getting. Mm. You yeah, know, it doesn't I think have it's to completely be fine. I mean, perfect. If someone's going to complain about something that is obviously translated, then they're just being a jerk. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the same thing goes for you know on Etsy. I've had heaps of customers in different countries who speak different languages, and you know you just have the translation there, and you just use Google Translate as well to talk to them. I write often what I do want to write and then put it in Google Translate and send it to them. And we both understand that it's not going to be perfect and yeah, there will be furfies. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but as long as you do your best, I, I think mean, that's all you can do. I mean, it's amazing that we even have these tools at our disposal that yeah. we can do that. Like, amazing. 
yeah, so I just want to, you know, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid if somebody contacts you because I've even had convos literally in another language. Like they've just written them in French or German or mm. whatever. <laughs> I think it's so funny that people um, expect you to and like understand that. Well, I think they just assume either they assume I can understand it or they just assume I'm going to translate it, which is exactly what I did. I just copy pasted into Google but I Translate. Feel this is so entitled. I'm sorry, I'm having a judgmental <laughs> moment here where I'm like, that's so entitled. Like, I would never write in French to a shop that's is clearly in English and just be like, I that's her problem. <laughs> yeah, but remember when people are visiting Etsy, it translates it into their language. Oh, for that's her. right. So yeah, yeah, on no. Etsy, yeah. No, that does make sense. No, but I thought you meant like on the website or like no, on your Instagram on, it, your on Etsy. I was like, no. No. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I forgive them. Yeah. <laughs> You've been this blessed time. with forgiveness. This time. <laughs> yeah, remember that Etsy does translate it into their own language for them. So you may sometimes get messages in other languages. Don't forget, just put it in Google Translate and then re- put your reply in Google Translate back in the same language. And just I just put a note at the bottom, this was written with Google Translate. So they know that yeah, I've done I, that's what I've done because it'll obviously read a bit clunky. Mm. So just be clear with that with your whoever you're communicating with that that's what you've done. I think this is a really good lesson like across the board when communicating with customers too is that even if their language is the same as your language people don't really know how to communicate very well so maybe everyone just needs to have a little bit more patience mm. and just be kind everyone be kind the person just try and figure out what the person is trying to ask of you and yeah. then just try and reply to them yeah even if they don't use salutations or sign offs in their messages. Mm. Is that a pet yes. peeve of yours? Yes, <laughs> it does seem like it's one. She seems pissed off at that. I can understand that because sometimes it depends if you've had a good day or not, but if you've had a shitty day and you get an email that doesn't even have a hello or a goodbye and that's like demanding of something. Yeah, it's like one sentence. Do you do yeah. this? Oh, yeah. Or like, yeah, um, if it's the first email to you. People at work at university get sometimes get really funny if there's no like, dear, blah, and then regards Regard- or whatever. But I feel like once, you, once you're in a conversation email, mm then turns to a conversation. So I was like, I don't have to say, hi, Ben, every single time, you know, yeah, like, just yeah. say what you want to say. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of those sorts of things. So Yeah, and I think if you're going to use Google Translate, keep your sentences short mm-hmm. and don't try and be funny and play on words and stuff like that because of yeah, what I was saying Yeah, I actually before. catch myself doing that a lot with my international yeah. students. I use a lot of colloquialisms and mm-hmm. slang and stuff and yeah. I can't do that obviously like I'm like I don't think they're gonna know what that is so I you know go back and edit and make it just really clear and yeah so short and concise and clear and mm. not ambiguous yeah yep very good points very good points mm. okay well short and sweet for this episode this week let us know we would love to hear from you guys like we don't really know what we're talking about ever so like that's a lie but you know like <laughs> We only have our three experiences and those experiences of people that we've worked with or helped. So we want to know from you all, what is your experience with this? Is English your second language? And like, are you trying to break into that market? And how are you planning to do that? Like, what are your experiences? We would love to know. So if you want to head over mm-hmm. to our Facebook group slash page, group, right? It's a group. It's yeah. a group. It's a group. It's a group. And you can get there <laughs> by going to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash Facebook, I believe. Yeah. Jump in there. Let us know also what you thought of the episode. That'd be great. But yeah, let us know like, what are you doing in this space? How are you making it work? Mm. Is it difficult? Like, how are you tackling 
So I would love to see the level of uh, simplicity or complexity that happens behind the scene for those of yeah. you who sell into languages. I'm sure there'll be people that are like, I'm segmenting my list and I'm only yeah, like totally all over it. Segment. Yeah. We haven't even touched on that. But yeah, I'm sure there's many things we haven't covered that could be shared and beneficial to others that are trying to work mm. out how to do it. Um, so come and share your stories. Yeah, we'd love <laughs> to know. Thank you all so much for being here. If you would like to be a co-producer on the show, we would love to have you. You can join by joining <laughs> you can join by joining <laughs> join by joining you can join by joining and you then can... you will have joined <laughs> aye, aye, aye. if you would like to help support the show you can go to patreon.com forward slash tbom i love that jess is nodding going michaela's remembered one of the links <laughs> i'm like keep going you're doing it right you're getting it you're getting good it. you're getting it <laughs> This show is made by makers. We can't do it without the support of all you guys. So thank you so, so much to all our patrons and we hope you can join us on our next episode and we really look forward to bringing you more episodes forever after. <laughs> or for as long as we're alive slash can afford to. Or for as long as we are doing this. We love you. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you so time. much. Bye. Bye. We hope to see you in our next episode, which is see you. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. We hope you can hear our next episode, which is a Patreon only. No, no it's this not. is the first one. Cut yep. that out, Ivy. Just cut it. I don't even know. Edit it. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs>